2: Kicking off hour number three of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness coming up in about 30 minutes. We'll have cover three NFL news and notes today. Plus, you'll hear from Bill Belichick. Got an opportunity to talk to him before practice this morning. Of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. One hour long, one hour strong left to go. 702-365-9200. Salmon text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Looking for two keys that you feel are are really going to be important for the success of the Raiders this year. Uh, I talked about red zone efficiency, also talked about turnovers, but definitely want to hear from you, 69187, keyword RNR, Sam and Ash text line. But right now, join us on the phone line. I'm very excited about this. We're going to do it each and every week of the high school football season. We will find out who the Tom Flores high school football coach of the week is. We'll talk to him, talk about the game, talk about the team, talk about all that good stuff because high school football to me is very important. High school football to the Raiders is very important. So the first recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award is Coach Quincy Burtz from uh, Canyon Springs, and uh, he joins us now on the phone lines. And, Coach, we appreciate your time. This afternoon, your team came away with the 18-14 win over Arcadia out of California, and it was a little dicey, right? You had the lead early, and then uh, Arcadia bounced back, came back, and uh, made the game a little bit dicey, but you found a way to come away with the victory how big was that, especially facing that adversity in week one?
4: you know being back it felt great man I think that was uh it was a real it was a real character win you know with such a young team you know after being up you know at at the half a little bit things kind of you know we was up eighteen and then things kind of went a little bit south but uh and then we actually finished up with a goal line stance you know uh being up eighteen fourteen with a little over two minutes left for that defense to you know, stop it, man. It was it was a great feeling, man. Let's you know that, you know that, you know we we grinded out and we we fought through it.
2: How big of a uh, of a coaching moment or a teaching moment even was that for you and your staff to you know have the have the guys deal with adversity early on in the season and, and f- see that you can overcome it?
4: Well, it's, it's huge. It's huge, especially you know coming in and you get the you get to learn a lot about players really fast. You know, and the players get to learn a lot about. Coaches really fast too in adverse situations, you know, and they can kind of see those intense moments and also great teaching moments, you know, that our that our staff was going through, you know, up and down the sidelines in those phases. So, you know, it was a lot for us to kind of see, you know, a lot of gut checking, a lot of uh, you know, uh, gut checking moments for our players, but also. You know, staff as well. They was able to, to see how we respond in those moments.
2: And I know it's not any; it's never going to be a personal thing for you. It's always about the team. It's always about your staff and the players. But I mean, it's your first victory there at Canyon Springs, coming over from Valley. How did it feel just to get a W under the belt?
4: Uh, it felt great. It felt great. You know, um, just to be, you know, you know, like you said, just coming, you know, coming from uh, uh, from Valley and then getting over to Canyon Springs and to start the, the year off, you know, uh, with the with the win. You know, at home was was awesome, man. I, you know, I always tell my staff, you know, it's 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 not about me, you know, whatnot. Right. I just I'm just the one with with all the keys, and if it comes down to making decisions, then that's when it's about me. But other than that, you know, it's a we, you know, it's a, it's a we thing. So it was definitely. A huge win just as a staff, you know, coming over whatnot, and then for the kids as well.
2: Talking right now with Coach Quincy Burst from Canyon Springs. He's the head football coach here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. So, how has the transition been from uh, to to come to Canyon Springs? How has the buy in been? And and do you think that the team has really kind of uh, gravitated to what you and your staff is is out there teaching?
4: Well, it's human nature, you know. They they want to see, you know, what can you do, right? You know whatnot. They they want, you know, they you know they want to see. You know, we coming from uh, from Valley or whatnot. They want to see, you know, what 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 can you do with the staff? What what the staff is like? It's a trans transition period for all of us. You know, and, and the key thing is that that we can tell them is, you know, continue to trust. You know, and let's continue to to buy into what we're trying to do because, you know, no one is in the same roles that they was in last year, and that's including the staff. You know, you know, we have a young we have a young, a uh, team or whatnot or you know, the seniors that are in these positions, they wasn't in these positions last year. So they this a new role for them, but I also tell them, hey, look, it's a flip side, it's a new role for us too. Right. Because we you know, staff wise, we, we wasn't here, we was at a different school. So, you know, the quicker that we all buy in and understand the why, you know, why we do certain things and you know, better teach those moments, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's
2: huge. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned teach the why because we you know we talk Raiders football here every day and and they have a new regime with head coach Josh McDaniels and that's been the biggest thing is he's been teaching the players the why and not just hey go do this because I said so but this is why how important is it to kind of lay that foundation and, and do exactly what you mentioned show the why as opposed to just do it because I said so and I'm the coach.
4: Well, because you know you know as a as a as a as a teacher and you know, whatnot and. You know, and, and students students want to learn, and they, they you know we talk about teaching student athletes. So you know, you can tell them, okay, this is this is what you have to do. But when you when they understand the why and understand why all these pieces work together, you know, and that's just something that you know, been a stable of of our, of, of my staff at Valley, and we bring along with us at, at Canyon Springs. You know, just and this the why, because the more you understand the why, the better we all understand each other, and in and. And that's our common goal is, you know, is, is to win a day. So that's our motto. And we teach the why. So once we all understand the why, and it's, it, it allows us to, to get closer to achieve our goal.
2: And it's uh, it's late August, so it's still hot outside. So, uh, you know, cramps, condition conditioning comes into play, uh, especially in these games. How did you think that your team did as far as conditioning goes, cramps, and just dealing with the weather as it's still really hot outside?
4: Well, you know, that was that was a main focal point, you know, about practice or whatnot because, you know, this – just to, you know, be out there in that heat. And then, you know, I, I mentioned uh, a few times because throughout scrimmages and things, there's a lot of quick whistles. So, you know, you get that in the first week because there aren't those quick whistles, you know. And there's mm-hmm. – you know, and the magnitude of the game is a lot different, you know. You know, I, you know, I tell them your fastest sprint in, in, in practice is still not equivalent to your fastest sprint in the game. But if you continue to push yourself towards – you know, that fastest sprint, you know, try to reach that in the game in practice, you know, it, it allows you to, you know, to be better and, and to, to make less m- mistakes and to finish all plays. So condition definitely, you know, is, is key and it's, and it's important, but also we try to, you know, tell our kids how important it is to treat your body the correct way, you know. It's, it don't just happen on, on Friday night, you know. You know, we leave Monday practice, you know, that's the main focal point, you're treating your body the right way so you can be able to get the, the correct performance out of it on Friday nights.
2: Talking right now with Coach Quincy Burtz here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio nine twenty, and Coach Berts is from Canyon Springs, and you were the recipient of the Tom Flores High School uh, Football Coach of the uh, Week award. Uh, and again, I know it's not an individual thing, but what does that mean for the Raiders to be involved? Coach Flores to put his name on it, and and you win the first award of the of the season.
4: Well, first and foremost, the Raiders have been the first first class organization, you know, um, since they you know been, been down in, in in Nevada, so. it's you know, just huge shout out to them and what they do for the community, you know, what they do for the high school sports and, you know, for the high school programs and for them to have this prestigious award, you know, you know, to be a recipient of this award in the first week is, is huge, you know, um, you know, I won this award one time, you know, at Valley or whatnot. And that first year that they was given out into to, win it now, you know, whatnot, like it's, it's huge, you know, it's something that, you know, our staff, you know, build upon or whatnot until, you know, like, you know, we, we we put our work into and you know, and I tell them, it's, you know, it's it's a we, it's not me. Yeah. You know, it, it's 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 we, but it's it's huge, you know, and it, it really kinda, you know, hopefully can put a stamp on our, you know, our program and our kids that hey listen, you know what, we do have the right leader, you know, leading you guys and you know, we all we all in this together. So we all earn this, you know, so it's a it's a huge it's a huge thing that, you know, we definitely we definitely appreciate it you know over here
2: what does it mean for your players to to see that the raiders are so heavily involved in, in high school sports and especially high school football
4: well when you, when, you, when you're here and and you know we we've, we've been able to to go down to the um, to the training camp so we've seen them firsthand and, you know how professionals practice you know how, how there's you know there's no there's no wasted time every everything is up tempo you know we was able to you know be be uh, one of the eight teams selected to go uh play uh seven oh seven in in the inside of the facility. Mm, yeah. You know, with the Raiders, you know, they were like I said, they're a first class organization. They they sent out a bus. You know, we, we were gonna try the bus from Canyon Springs to the, you know, to the uh, to the facility. You know, they fed us, they took us back. So, you know, it's huge. You know, you know, we don't take those things for granted. We definitely appreciate it of it. And um just to see those, just to see, you know, you know, we have an NFL team here that's actually, you know, that that's behind high school sports. You know, that's behind the community, you know, and one that, you know, that we still, you know, strongly, you know, that they're behind Canyon Springs. You know, like I said, so we, we definitely appreciate all that they do, not only for, for us, but, but for all schools in Nevada as well.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned the community. And, and look, uh, high school football to me is very important. Uh, I love high school football for many different reasons. And, and not just wins and losses and X's and O's. But, I mean, you as a football, high school football coach, you, you serve so many different roles. You're a coach. You're a best friend. You're a father figure. You know, you're, you're that guy that could be the sounding board when a, a player needs to talk or whatever. What, for you, what does it mean just to be a high school football coach and, and have that leadership role in the community?
4: Honestly, it, it means a lot, man. It's something that that I, you know, just growing up in uh, Detroit, Michigan, is something that I've been, been, you know, that I've been wanting to do, you know, since I was a, you know, a teenager. You know, it's always something that I've been, you know, always wanting to be become a head, a head, a head coach, you know, and to and to come and be and serve and serve my community, you know, like my high school coach did for me. You know, he was uh played a very special part of my life and the role, and something that I want to be able to give back to others, you know, and. And to be able to have that voice, you know, in the community. You know, I have a six year old son, you know, who's who's right there on the sidelines with me, you know, and whatnot. And 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 my daughter as well. You know, she's nine and she, you know, so just to have that role, you know, is something that, you know, that I embrace, you know, because I understand in these times, you know, our youth needs us the most. And, you know, and I'm I'm happy to go out and serve because it's, you know, it's it's bigger than me. And we have a lot of people, you know, that we want to to go out and reach and teach and it's it's always good to just make a positive impact on someone's life in the correct way.
2: It's awesome to be able to have your kids there on the sideline and observe what you do, and they're looking up to you, and you know they are, and they grow up so fast, Coach. So definitely <laughs> definitely embrace that moment because sooner rather than later, they'll be like, all right, Dad, we'll see you later. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Well, Coach, before I let you go, I know this week you have a game coming up with Desert Pines. They lost their first week, uh, their first game of the week, and, you know, the non-conference is like the preseason. You're working on things. You're building some things. Uh, what type of challenges do the Jaguars present for you this week?
4: Uh, they 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 present a nice a nice challenge, you know. They they've been primarily you know one of one of the top teams here in Nevada, you know, and then in the five eight division they you know they send a lot of guys to you know to schools or whatnot, and they you know we know they're gonna be hungry, you know, we know they're gonna be hungry, you know. They was on the road last last week and faced a tough team in Utah, so you know to be back home, I know they're excited to just you know be back at home, but you know we're we're excited as well, you know, and and it's one thing about you know, being in our division is, you know, we're going to play everyone. So, you know, we have to be prepared. So we're going to be, you know, we're going to prep and, you know, we're going to watch our film and, you know, be and be ready to go come Friday night because, you know, the good thing about football is you have to compete. And and with that group of guys, you know, we're looking forward to going in there, you know, and competing. We know they're going to be hungry, but, you know, we're going to go in there with the mindset of, you know, we're hungry as well because, you know, we, we still try to make a name for ourselves.
2: Not, not mad at that at all, Coach. Excited about the opportunity that you guys have there at Canyon Springs. And, and congratulations again on being named Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week.
4: Hey, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it so much.
2: No doubt about it. There he goes, Coach Quincy Burst from Canyon Springs, head football coach, right there. Tom Flores, high school football coach of the week recipient, of course. Uh, every single week, we'll announce who the winner is, and then at the end of the year, it'll be Tom Flores, high school football coach of the year, announced. And uh, the school's going to get hooked up with uh, a, a nice hefty donation, also some um, you know some equipment and uh, things that they need to to further. Uh, influence and and better their programs. So we look forward to that. And uh, I really do thank all the folks with the Raiders that put this together that really uh, give me the opportunity to be able to talk a little high school football here on the show because I really do enjoy it. Paul hit us up on Twitter and said, Q, I too love high school football. Hard to find much better than Friday Night Lights in your community. And, again, I was never a guy that was super huge on high school football. When I was in high school, full disclosure, my team, uh, our program was terrible. We were not good at all. So I never was really focused in on high school football. I didn't play high school football. Uh, My mom said, nope, you can play basketball, but you ain't playing no football. So I didn't play high school football. Uh, I I went to high school football games to pick up on girls. We went there to pick up on girls and fight, and I've said it before: I'm a lover, not a fighter. So, <laughs> so I didn't do too much fighting. All I did is go out there trying to pick up on girls. But at four foot eleven, it wasn't going too well for me. But I tried. So that was uh, that was it. But when I went to Texas, man, and I really saw what Friday Night Lights was all about. And of course, there's certain areas that are uh, more. No, they they really are focusing on that. Texas, Ohio, Florida, obviously spots in Cali, you know. But just seeing what is going on here in the state of Nevada and what the Raiders are doing, and the high school football uh, helmet uh, wall that they have there inside Allegiant Stadium, I think is awesome. And just to know that they're there to support the high schools around the area they've been in the indoor doing 7 on 7 they were there at practice during training camp to observe what a what a NFL training camp looks like that gives that gives hope and dreams man to to uh youth that are growing up and I think that's so important so being a part just a small part of it just being able to talk to a coach each and every week is is something that I really do appreciate the opportunity to do and hopefully you enjoy it as well before we take a quick break let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200 let's talk to our good friend just win wendy welcome to the show what's on your mind
1: hey how you doing
2: i'm blessed how are you (laughs)
1: another game week i can't wait i'll be out in vegas in a couple of days nice um okay so you want two things yes two two things
2: yep two
1: there's like way way more
2: than two (laughs) i know
1: but i'm gonna I'm going to give you two for the first five games. This is my, this is what I'm looking at. I'm saying in the first five games before the bye, we have to have 10 turnovers and 10 sacks. And the turnovers could be a strip sack. The turnover could be a fumble recovery turnover, could be an interception. But I want to see 10 and I want to see 10 sacks. And if we get both of those, I think we're on our way because... I know the offense is going to be awesome, but they have to get the ball.
3: So right. yeah. so
1: I want to see the defense, you know, ball out in those first five games and really knock people out and get people scared. Like, like, um, like Paul was saying, it would be great to have some fear about our defense, <laughs>
5: like yeah. the
1: Soul Patrol. <laughs> that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, no, it really would. Good stuff there, Wendy. And I'll say this, if they have 10 sacks and 10 turnovers before the bye week or by the bye week, they might not want to go on that bye week. They might say, you know what, can we just go ahead and go go to the next week of play because, you know, you got that momentum that DeMond believes in. you got that momentum built up. You don't want to miss out on that. So, uh, no, that's, that's a hell of a goal, though. That, that, and I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but that's a hell of a goal. If they can find a way to do that, and, I mean, it's five games. So, basically, you got two turnovers a game, two sacks a game. It's not unreasonable, right? It's just something that we're not used to as Raider fans or even a guy covering the Raiders. I haven't seen that in, uh, in that kind of period of time. But if they can get out to that kind of start, well, then you go into the bye week and you're like, man, you can't stop me. I can, you can't stop me. You can't stop me, right? I mean, you want to talk about confidence. That would breed the ultimate confidence if they're able to have 10 sacks as a team and ten create turn, 10 turnovers as a unit as well. That would be a real big deal. Wendy, thank you so much for that call. We'll see you in a couple days at Allegiant Stadium. 420 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. You'll hear from Bill Belichick. You'll hear some Cover 3, some NFL news and notes of the day. And, of course, we'll hear from you as well. 702-365-9200. The Ash text line is 69187 keyword R&R. Two big keys that you're looking for this season. I'm looking for red zone efficiency and turnovers. What are you looking for? Let us know about it, Raider Nation. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
5: Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey.
1: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness,
5: roughness.
1: here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Show has been going fast
2: and furious. Big ups to Zach Cox from Nesson. He started off our guest lineup at 2.30, talking all things Patriots. John McClain at 3 o'clock, talk all things NFL in general. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN joined us around 3.30. And then you just heard from Coach Quincy Burtz from Canyon Springs High School, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football. Coach of the Week Award. We're going to do that each and every week here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So, uh, Man, show is just flying by and of course Raider Nation, it wouldn't be a show without you. 702-365-9200 We always want to hear from you. Plus, get you on the Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R and I'll tell you we get a lot of calls here but we get a ton of text messages. I mean, really, we do. Once the show starts around 2 o'clock, we start getting text messages about 2.01. So we definitely appreciate your uh, participation in the show each and every day. Glenn in San Jose hit us sub. said, What up, Q? What up, Demon? I think this team will get back the Al Davis mantra of, We'd rather be feared than respected. It's been missing for too many seasons. The Raiders will be feared. That's from Glenn in San Jose. And, you know, that's, I love that mentality I love that thought and yeah, that, that would be that would be a great way to you know, to operate if they were feared. But when you're feared you've gotta make sure, especially in twenty twenty two, that they're feared for the right reasons, right? They've got to be feared because they're just so sound and they're such a good team and, you know, they're going to create turnovers and they're going to, you know, they're going to hit you with their best shot every single time. Like you're going to have to go out there and play your A game to beat them. That's that's why they need to be feared because back in the day they used to be feared because you'd come across the middle and they'd clean your clock or they'd hit you late or they do – and you can't do that these days. Even a big hit looks like a, a, a penalty now. Right, just when you see a big hit, it's like ooh, then you're immediately looking for the yellow hanky. Unfortunately, you just can't play like that anymore. So, that's kind of been the issue, even with John Abram. You know, sometimes he'll go in there with a big hit, and you think, man, that was dope, and then you see a, a yellow flag. And I think sometimes you'll see penalties that I, actually, it's not. I think sometimes I know uh, you'll see it where it's a clean hit. It's just it looks so bad that they just immediately throw the flag. So you got to be really careful with that, but. They've got the dogs, that's for sure. Max Crosby is a guy that I can see with him continuing to work hard, work hard, work hard. He could be a dude that opposing offensive linemen, you know, they start to fear. It's funny, today in the media session he talked about Trent Brown. And he said that his rookie year, he's like, I I obviously know Trent Brown because I played with him my rookie year. And he said nobody, nobody in camp wanted to go up against Trent Brown. Nobody. And Max Crosby said, the kind of person I am, I, I was like, hey, I'll go up against him. So he would go up against him all the time. Obviously, I wasn't there to see that. And probably a lot of people didn't notice it because it's like, oh, who's this, this fourth-round rookie going up against this big mammoth of a dude in Trent Brown? And he is one massive dude. And I'll tell you this, he's still a massive dude. It was not hard to see him regardless of what part of the field he was on. It wasn't hard to see him today. Were you, you impressed? Know. I mean, I was just thinking that's one big-ass dude. <laughs> and he is. And, and you've, I mean, you've got to give him props, man. He's out there. He's working hard. You've got to give him that. I mean, again, when Gruden gave him the, the free agent contract, the intentions were great. You know, he looked like a guy that could be an anchor on that, uh, that right side of the offensive line for a very long time and make life difficult for anyone that tried to get around the outside. You know, it just it wasn't going to be that, that easy. But it obviously didn't work out for Trent Brown and the Raiders, but it seemed like when I saw him walking in, and this is another good thing of being able to talk to Coach Belichick uh, before practice, you saw we're not normally out there early enough where you see the guys arrive on the field. So we saw the guys arrive with their helmets and their pads in hand, and we saw Trent Brown walking across the field, and I was interested to see how he was going to be received by the team that was there when he was with the Raiders. And everyone to a T, man, was all smiles. All hugs, all hey, what's up? Good. I mean, everyone was real cool. There was actually because there's a lot of crossover, obviously, between the Patriots and the Raiders. There was a lot of just hey, man, it's good to see you again. Brandon Bolden, obviously, was a big time, uh, you know, a, a crowd favorite as, as far as the, the players go. You know, it's just there was a lot of uh, you know there was a lot of love between the the two teams with just different players that you know were very familiar with each other. And Trevor Brown was one of them.
3: Yeah, we're not getting to fight tomorrow.
2: I mean, you, you never know. Like it's, like Paul said, something went down. Something, and I don't know what it was because, again, we didn't see anything. But Max Crosby, multiple times in his media session, you go back and watch the video, he smiles. You know, oh, I guess there was nothing. Or, you know, it, there's certain times, and, hell, you heard the audio. You cut it up. It, there was a couple times. something, Something must have gone down as far as maybe some pushing and shoving, something at the end of practice because Max was smiling too much. Again, you can go I mean, it's, I'm not breaking any news. You go back and look at the video. It's all Raiders.com, and you'll see him smile. He didn't smile for no reason. Just saying.
3: Not reading into it a little too much? No. You don't think? Go back and look at it. Okay. You go back and look at it. And you tell me.
2: Hell, I could probably found, find the sound bite, and you could play it, and you could tell me if you think that there was something to it. I'll find it right now. I promise you there was something, just a little something. How about this one? How about, okay, SNFX010. That's the number. That's Max Crosby on Not Fighting in Joint Practice. And you tell me, and you just play it, and you tell me and see if you can can pick up on anything. Got it? All right, here we go. Max Crosby on Not Fighting in Joint Practice.
5: I just, you know, I feel like it just tempers sometimes flair, you know, in the the heat of the moment. Um, But, you know, obviously we don't want to waste time and get out there and someone break a hand or something dumb like that. So, you know, there was no fights uh, today, I think, for the most part. And uh, we're off to a good start, so (laughs) it's better than last year.
2: I think for the most part, I mean, do we, you can
3: almost hear him smiling. Can you not? I did, I did. He got a good laugh from everybody else too. Right. So he's being coy about something, but I think it's maybe just like they didn't want none.
5: Play it again. Okay. All right. We so, got it We're gonna break it down. Right it back. We got we got I thirty just, minutes. You know, I feel like it just tempers sometimes flair, you know, in the in the heat of the moment. Um but you know, obviously we don't wanna waste time and get out there and someone break a hand or something dumb like that. So, you know, there was no fights uh today. I think, for the most part, and uh <laughs> we're off to a good start, so <laughs> it's better than last year.
3: Come on, man. tell me something didn't happen, all right, I think for the most part, when he's saying that, maybe he dominated somebody so, but that's what I'm saying, like maybe something could have arose to a fight could have happened that's what I'm saying, but they I'm, didn't not want saying, I'm not
2: saying it was a fight, I'm saying something there was something that we didn't see because he's not saying there we didn't get in a fight, I think, for the most part, and then laughing about it it. What he did say is we're off to a better start than last year because again, when they scrimmaged against the Rams, that's all it was was fighting. So there's that. Again, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm looking too much into it. But since we're talking Max Crosby here real quick, let's go ahead and talk about him going up against Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn. That's actually uh X zero zero nine. That's the the cut right before the one about fighting. And this will hear you'll hear Max Crosby give the respect to Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn who Obviously, we had a lot of conversation about Isaiah Wynn yesterday on the show with the reports that he could possibly be on the trade block. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and play that sound. Uh, Max Crosby going up against Trent Brown. What did that do for him and also going up against
5: Isaiah Wynn? Um, I just, you know, I feel like it just tempers sometimes flair, you That's know, the in the in heat of the moment. Um,
3: All right, well, there was a mistake on my part. Not, you know, <laughs> I'm not perfect. Zero zero nine. 9 It's one before the last one you played. Yeah, well, you know, I saved it twice. You know what? Hey, man, we're talking about it on air. Oh, you didn't save it?
2: Ah, you big dummy. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) All right. Well, that's fine. I already basically talked about it. (laughs) That's funny. Good one. All right. Well, sometimes things like that happen. No worries. Let me get into one more text. Rob in Oakland, hit us up. Uh, I can't argue with good red zone offense that creating turnovers is key to a successful season. I'm going to go more abstract with my answer. Creativity. For the offense, I want variable play calling, including screens and draws to take advantage of aggressive pass rush. For the D, we finally have to solve Mahomes' scrambling uh, for time. and reads misdirection plays. We're going to have to deal with the pressure the Chargers fourth down attempts put on a D and confuse Herbert with disguised defenses. And then two, self-scouting. The O and D staff need to recognize their tendencies and break – Break them for huge gains in the AFC West rematches. Breaking tendencies will be the benefit of late in the uh, will benefit late in the season and in the playoffs too. That's Rob in Oakland, and uh, let's start with point one that he brought up. Um, I think that you're going to see a bunch of screens and draws, uh, something that we've seen obviously a, b- a bunch already in, in preseason. And and that will slow down a pass rush because if they're pinning their ears back and trying to get after you, and all of a sudden, boom, you hit them with a draw or you hit them with a screen pass and it goes for a big play, it's going to be that that plants a seed in their mind like, okay, these guys might pop this screen pass. I got to always be cautious of that screen pass. And if they take one second, if they hesitate one second because they're worried about a draw or a screen, that'll allow DC some more time. On a different type of play, that play that's not a screen pass, you know, or it'll give a running back an opportunity to make a play. There's a lot that goes into it if you plant that seed that, hey, there's going to be a screen pass coming at some point, or there's going to be a, a draw play, but then also just run them. So that's, that's, a, that's something that's major. Uh, Mahomes does scramble around really well and not really always scrambling around for, to pick up yards, but scrambling around to allow guys to get open. Now, this season should be interesting because he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. Usually Tyreek Hill was the recipient of him scrambling around and keeping plays uh, alive, similar to what Big Ben used to do with A.B., That was one of the the biggest plays that they had all the time. Big Ben used to just keep plays alive long enough to allow A.B. for a scramble drill and get open. And so that's what Mahomes does a lot, and he did that a lot with Tyreek Hill. We'll see if he's able to do that a lot with uh, Travis Kelsey. That's actually how the Raiders lost to the Chiefs at Allegiant Stadium when they didn't have any fans. When Travis Kelsey ended up wide open in the end zone, Mahomes kept that play alive, you know, and kind of scrambled around a little bit, and boom, all of a sudden hit a dime to Travis Kelsey, who was standing right between, what, Um, Damon Arnett and I forget, was it Trayvon Mullen? It was an, it was another DB. I can't remember, but I know is Jonathan Abram playing? Oh yeah, Jonathan Abram. Yeah, there you go. Jonathan Abram and and uh, Damon Arnett were right there in the vicinity, and one was looking at the other, the other was looking at. No, you got him. No, you got him. No, no, nobody had him, and it ended up being a touchdown. So uh, there you go. The self scouting. Yeah, I think that this this uh, regime. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think they realize exactly what they're going to do, the seeds they're going to plant, how they're going to get away from it, and how they're going to stay on top of things and stay creative. Where. You know how many times Raider fans always say, Oh, we know what plays coming, oh we know what plays coming, and they could predict it, and for the most part, Raider Nation was always right. You kind of knew what the play calling was going to be and it became too predictable. I say that in air quotes. I don't think you have to worry about play calling being too predictable when it comes to Josh McDaniels in this regime. I just don't I don't I don't see it. And now I could be wrong, but I don't see it. So there you go. Four thirty six is the time, we'll take a quick break, we'll come back with cover three and some Bill Belichick, and we'll close out the show here on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty.
1: It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL News and Notes of the Day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. it
2: has got some quick hitters around the league that I wanted to go ahead and pass along real quick, and then you'll hear from Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. You'll also hear from Derek Carr on a subject that I think is pretty much a dead subject, but we'll still let you hear a little bit from him as well. But off top, Chargers cornerback. Big-time free agent get for the Chargers. J.C. Jackson underwent ankle surgery today at a New York hospital. Special surgery. Estimated timetable to return is two to four weeks. It was just called a scope, and it's pretty minor, but just if you're keeping track on the calendar, the Chargers play the Raiders in the season opener in less than three weeks. So uh, their big-time get may not be available for the Raiders' first game of the season, uh, Chargers-Raiders at SoFi Stadium. That would be massive for the Chargers not to have J.C. Jackson. I never root for guys to be injured and not be able to be available and play, but if the Chargers didn't have J.C. Jackson and you're going against the Raiders' offense that we know that they have, that could be a long day at the office for the Chargers if their pass rush can't get home.
3: Oh, yeah, especially with Devontae Adams. That's definitely here in Vegas. That might move the line a little. Not right. having a player like that important to the yep. team. I know it's just one player, and we all like to say it's a team game. But, hey, he's playing maybe the most important position because when it comes to who he was going to be lining up across from, that may make all the difference in the game.
2: I mean, it really could. And, you know, I go back to when J.C. Jackson was a member of the Patriots, and I always wondered why the Patriots let him walk. You know, he was a guy that created so many turnovers, was such a dude and, on on intercepting the ball and being that lockdown guy. Obviously, the Chargers gave him a massive amount of money. I always wondered why did they let him walk like it was no big deal? And I kind of feel like maybe injuries had something to do with it. You know, maybe injuries where they think that, hey, this guy, you know, he's showing some tendencies. I don't know. The one thing I do know is that Bill Belichick, if all of a sudden he's comfortable in letting you go, I feel like there's a reason for it, right? And so it's almost one of those things, oh, yeah, hey, uh, we'll send this player to your team. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. What? Is- they're about to get over on me. You know what I mean? Like, you feel like that they're getting over on you. So I always wondered why, and I don't know the reason. I know J.C.'s been practicing all offseason, all training camp, and he got hurt the other day uh, and has this ankle surgery that he just had. But I'd always I, that was one of my biggest questions is, why did J.C. Jackson be – was he allowed to walk? Always –
3: they just don't want to, I feel like it's more of they just don't want to pay people. It, it's very well It's always well could be. the, you know, a year No, it very early. well could be. I mean, yeah. look like at Chandler Jones. I know. He's had a very productive second half of his career yeah. ever since New England traded him.
2: No, you're right. And that very well could be the reason. I, I just – like I said, I always wondered – why they let him walk. Uh, with the Carolina Panthers, they placed rookie quarterback Matt Corral on season-injured uh, reserve. He has a Liz Frank injury, so uh, his season's over before it got started. And Also, quarterback Duke Dawson has been put on IR as well. But really the big deal, man. Matt Corral, the rookie quarterback, he's the guy that they expected at some point uh, probably to, to get some burn if things didn't work out well with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. And now he's going to be out. He got injured in the preseason game just the other night against the Patriots, as a matter of fact, has that Liz Liz Frank injury, and that stinks for him. Terrible way to, you know, start his uh, NFL career. I hate to see any player go through that. The Lions – they put a rookie wide receiver, Jamison Williams, they put him on the reserve NFL list today. Uh, that was basically always the plan for Williams. If you remember, he was the wide receiver that tore his ACL in the national championship game for Alabama. So he was going to be out for a while. They're hoping that he could return and play around midseason. So his season's not over, but it's obviously going to start without him playing on the field because, again, he's, uh, he's been put on the reserve NFL, uh, NFI list, excuse me. Uh, the Commanders. They put pass rusher Chase Young on the reserve putt list, meaning he's out four games and maybe more. Remember I was telling you about the 23rd. Remember we were talking about the pup players for the Raiders, talking about Trayvon Mullen, Jonathan Hankins, Bilal Nichols. They had to return before the 23rd, or they were going to miss the first four weeks of the season. Well, Chase Young is on the pup list right now. He's going to miss the first four games at least for the Commanders. How big is that to have a monster like that at the edge rusher position be out for the Commanders?
3: It's gonna be big it's gonna be a big blow for them, but hey Q, I know it's only preseason. But I think they may have found the quarterback of the future. Sam Howell from North Carolina. I think maybe. I mean that game against the Chiefs, it was the only game on T V. Right? So I had to watch it. You know, that's a good thing
2: about preseason. Sometimes you watch a game that you normally wouldn't watch just because it's on. And sometimes you'll start to see something. So that's your hot take. Maybe Sam Howell maybe. Maybe he could be that guy. I don't know. I uh I know who it's not. I know I, I know who I feel very confident saying is not the quarterback of the future there in Washington, and that's the guy who's actually going to be starting the season, Carson Wentz.
3: Him, Heineke, it's going to be a Russell Wilson situation. They're both going to be looking out of a job and be like, what happened?
2: Yeah, I can see that. That, uh, that absolutely could happen. Uh, one more quick little nugget, uh, and this actually came down a couple days ago. to a- Tlaib, he's stepping away from uh, Amazon. For a minute, you know he was uh, he was hired to be on the Amazon broadcast for Thursday nights. But uh, I don't know if you've seen the news about his brother being charged in that uh, for murder in that fatal shooting of a youth football coach in the Dallas area. Uh, that was something that happened late last week, and it's just awful. It should never happen. I have a whole soapbox I can go on about that and a rant and rave about how terrible that is. And there's stories about uh, the Tali brothers, how they're basically bullies in that league that they that they coach. So they're teaching these kids to be bullies as well, which is terrible. I don't know why the, the league doesn't do something about them. But uh, anyway, he is not charged with murder. His brother is actually turned himself in. Now, he was involved in the incident as far as talking trash and, and getting involved as far as getting tempers flared. But apparently his brother is the one that fired the gun that ultimately killed this youth football coach, which is terrible. Again, so he's uh, stepping aside from his broadcast duties at Amazon to spend time with his family, in air quotes, or a.k.a. get his stuff together, right? And, again, if I'm, if I'm that youth football league, none of those cats are ever coaching in my league again. Just straight up. Like, you can't be a leader of young people in the community and have something like that happen. Like, these dudes are literally on the, on the sideline, and they saw a gun in the belt of of Aqib Talib's brother, who's on the sideline with kids, you know what I mean? Like that can't happen. That can't happen. You ain't got to be a thug all the time, right? I mean, you're coaching up some kids. Have a little bit of decency, but unfortunately, that's not the that's not the the world that we live in when it comes to everybody. So uh, I actually avoided that that uh. That story for the longest, just because I can go on for an hour about how how much a shame that is and how terrible that is and what an awful example that is for the youth that uh, they're coaching up. But, uh, yeah, he's stepping away as he should. And they're saying for now, I think he should step away permanently. But, again, that's just me. And I know we got a call, and we'll get to it in a hot minute. But uh, I had a request about ask uh, about the sound from Derek Carr in today's media session. He met with us probably about 14 or 15 minutes. And Vinny Bonsignor, and you'll have to hear him ask the question. He asked about the Dana White situation uh, over the weekend where he was on the Gronk cast and started talking about Brady and Gronk were supposed to be Raiders. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday, and I said it's not a story. Uh, Vinny did his job and asked, you know, Derek what his thoughts were. And then uh, he, Max Crosby was also asked, and Max just said, hey, no comment, not a big deal, whatever. Uh but Derek was asked so here's the question and the audio from it, the answer because apparently on the feed it actually cut out when Derek Carr was responding live so everybody missed it. So here's the question and the answer.
0: There was a story that came out on Saturday, Tom Brady, Daniel White. Yep. Uh are, first of all any thoughts on that? And then also are you kind of immune to all the nonsense that, by now. Yeah.
5: I would hope so. You know. Uh, I mean it it is what it is. Uh you know, for me, like I didn't even hear about it. Uh, we actually had within the building, someone lost a family member. So, like, I was so immersed in that and just talking to that person and that kind of stuff that uh, it, it really was, it, it was a moment to really put things in perspective. Like, it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, anything I say will just be blasted out there, so I'm just going to completely remove myself and just keep trying to play football. It's been nice just answering football questions, uh, you know, and hopefully, hopefully no more drama in the city. That's what, that's what I hope.
2: There's Derek Carr answering, and again, he said, no big deal. And look, it's not a big deal. It was back in 2020. It was a possibility. It could have happened. It didn't happen. DC's the guy. Just got given a contract extension. He's going full full, full you know, full throttle forward, and, and that's all you really can do. So, like I said, I haven't made a big deal of the story because I don't think it's a big deal as well. Did you ever think it was a big deal, or what were your thoughts? I never really asked you.
3: It's not so much it's a big deal on Derek Carr's part. It's a big deal on Tom Brady's part. Where we already saw that the Dolphins they got fined for tampering with them, and then it can go back to that that clip when he's on the shop LeBron James show. Yeah. And it's like oh that team's sticking by that guy over me, like that mf'er. Right. And then there was a lot of speculation: Is Derek Carr that mf'er? Right. And then you know, and Derek Carr he even said he said, hey, I've talked to some people. You know, Derek Carr pulled a media move, and he said sources are telling me I'm not the mf'er in question. So it's just, it's a fun story. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter on the Buccaneers or the Raiders win-loss record. But it is when, you know, people talk don't want to talk about a preseason game. This is more fun to talk about. This is entertainment.
2: I guess. It sounds like wrestling entertainment. So, you know, something that. Exactly. would you say? But <laughs> well, we're going to settle it this Sunday. Right. Yeah. Rage in the cage. Is that what they call it? Or whatever the case <laughs> sure, may be. Sure, it would be back. There you go. All right, let's go ahead. I got a couple sound bites from Bill Belichick I want to get to, but let's get uh, Raider Mack, who's patiently waiting on the phone line. Let's get Raider Mac on first. Raider Mac, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, what's up, fellas? Chilling. Hey, um, you know that youth coach man? That that I mean, I know you guys didn't bring it up, but Khalid um, brother, if you know the history, um, you go back. Khalid brother is a ha, had a felony, so he shouldn't have never had that gun on the sideline. You know, and yep. I coach youth football. And also, also he um, he also had some other things going on uh, that wasn't that that was going on before that. Mm. Uh, for you to bring a gun, that's just ridiculous. Yep. And also on their car, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you know the media just likes to blow up stuff about nothing. That's that's a no nothing. That's more on Tom Brady to me because you know Tom Brady won't he. he and believe me, the MF is is uh, is is he was talking about car because I watched that segment. He was talking about car. You know what? It, it, it was in the past, and Brady made the right move. He he should be happy he didn't come to the Raiders. He won a right. Super Bowl. He came to the Raiders. He wasn't gonna win no Super Bowl with with that offensive line. Agreed. No way. Not yep. and, and in the AFC West, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He's glad he went out there. Hey, one thing, and I'll let you go on this one, uh, uh, to you in the month. Hey. When the Titans play the the the, the Raiders, who, is Demond pulling for us or are he gonna pull for for, for the Titans? Are we gonna let him on the show for this for that, for that week? I, I'm just asking a serious question. What you gonna do?
3: There you go, Demond. He's talking to you, brother. I mean, what do, what do you want me to say? I'm pulling for a good game. The spirit of competition. That's are all you that serious? I want. That's all. That's that the most I political. Want.
2: BS answer I've ever heard ever. Hey, hey, hey!
3: Ask me who I am pulling for in that game. That's different, Q. No, it's not. We, we already know you are one side. You got you, you got your horse in this race. You don't. I am hedging my bets.
2: Oh my goodness! If you
3: choose both sides, you are the, the worst fan I'm ever. You are
2: the worst fan ever. I am looking at a
3: highlight of Malik right now, boy. That he the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't know it because you can't even. You don't even have the stones to to say you are pulling for your team. See, no, no, no. You are not gonna catch me. No, no. we we'll see. Wait till the game happens. We'll, we'll know closer to game time. You know, a game time decision.
2: Look, I make no bones about it, man. I, I talk about the Raiders and I talk very, um, you know, not one-sided. I, I, I'm i very fair about the conversation. But make no mistake about it, I'm a Raider fan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean, we got to see. Well, you not Exactly. You're not picking them to go 16-0. Let me see how that first game of I'll the season. I'll pick it on to win that game. I mean, at least I hope they win that game. Let's just see how it hell. Goes. I hope
2: they win every damn game. It's better. It's <laughs> great for business. First of all, it's great for business. Second of all, it's great for my fandom. It would make my. It would make everything a lot better. But I mean, at the same time, we're still going to talk fair about the team. We're not going to, you know, not going to look through silver and black sunglasses and rainbows and puppy dogs. I mean, that's not the world we live in. So. But I don't have a problem saying that I'm a fan of the team, and I mean, look—if you ain't pulling for Tennessee, you said you're going to go to Tennessee. You ain't going to pull for your team while you're there.
3: Hey, man, I'll have a half and half jersey on.
2: Uh, you know that way, those. you
3: know, no one can be upset with me.
2: Oh, I got you. I got you. All right, well, <laughs> there it is. Real well, quick,
3: something that Raider Mac touched on right there when he was yeah. talking about the Brady stuff, yeah. the offensive line. No, he still would have been coming in with Hudson, Gabe Jackson, Trim Brown would have got his act together because he would have been doing <laughs> it for Tom.
2: All right. I mean. They, they, there was a lot. The defense wasn't there. Remember how they won the Super Bowl? The defense made Patrick Mahomes run around all day, run for his life. The Raiders' defense wasn't going to do that. So Raider Mack is 100% right. The Raiders weren't winning the Super Bowl in 2020. And that's probably one reason John Gruden said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. It's just not worth it. So I guess I don't have time for Bill Belichick sound. I guess I ran out of time. That's what happens. But that's okay. tomorrow. No, that's No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm okay with that. So we'll we'll do that on tomorrow's show. Uh, make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate, seven a.m. to ten a.m. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, Vinnie Bonsignor will be live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Head coach Josh McDaniels will be speaking to us early, about eight o'clock. So uh, that'll be part of their show as well. The house of good guests is well lined up and we'll be ready to rock and roll on day two of joint practices with the Raiders and the Patriots. We'll be here to talk about it all day and all afternoon long, and uh, we'll have a bunch of good guests. I believe we have Beth Moen scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. Uh, We have some other guests that we'll have lined up as well. So a full action day here on Raider Nation Radio tomorrow afternoon. So thanks so much for all the participation. Wake up with the morning tailgate here on Raider Nation Radio 920.